I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL with you, joined by Charlie Potter, beat reporter for us there at BOL as we help you push through the midweek as we creep closer to a scrimmage at the University of Alabama coming up this weekend. We'll talk some more later in the podcast about what's in store for this Alabama football team. Uh, we'll talk some AP All-American team coming up in just a little bit. Mostly what we're going to do today, though, is give you some true-false scenarios for this Alabama football team in 2020. And the aforementioned Charlie Potter here to help out with that. How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I feel like I've finally gotten my legs underneath me after last week of <laughs> having stuff to do after not having stuff to do for a long time. So this week is a little bit better spaced out and I know we'll get to that later in the podcast, but uh, it, it's starting to feel a little bit normal and that's good to say. Yeah. You went through the acclimation period, I guess, right? You're in full <laughs> yeah, pads, I'm in full pads. <laughs> and you're ready to bang. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Strap it on and let's go. Uh, speaking of which, in keeping with sort of the theme from, Monday with the AP releasing its top 25 poll for the preseason and keeping teams from conferences that have elected to opt out this fall. Uh, we saw an AP preseason All-American team on Tuesday, some solid Alabama representation there, Charlie. Uh, was it kind of in line with what we've seen in terms of teams like this? And also, I guess, stacking up in relation to some of the individual award watch list uh, nominees and candidates that we've seen from the Alabama contingent. Yeah, it was the usual subjects. You know, obviously you're going to be a little different from team to team. Um, you know, the first teamers for Alabama were Alex Leatherwood, Devontae Smith, and, and Dylan Moses. And uh, the second teamers were Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, who was listed as an all-purpose player, and then Patrick Sertan. And so for me, I don't really have many qualms with it. I think it is um, a little strange that they are including players that opted out before the Big Ten and the Pac-12 chose to you know, cut their seasons or at least postpone them until the spring because I think that Jalen Waddle deserves to be your first-team all-purpose player when you don't have this specific spot for returners. Um, just what he can do as a receiver and as a return man uh, he's dangerous. And, and a guy like Rondell Moore from Purdue, I, he, if correct me if I'm wrong, but he opted out before the, the postponement. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I get it to, to some extent you want to recognize these players and it's a preseason team. It, it doesn't mean anything, um, other than these are the guys you should know heading into the year. 
But that, that's the only beef I had from an Alabama contingent. I think um, all of us know what kind of talent that, that Jalen Waddle is, and he's a guy that's been able to produce at a high level uh, as a number four option in a passing offense. He's going to see that dramatically increase this fall, and you know he led the nation in, in punt return average last year. So that was it for me. Other than that, it's it's the usual suspects. Yeah, you had a guy, I think Micah Parsons, the linebacker for Penn State, was similar, I believe, that had already yeah. decided that he was out, and there he is on that first-team defense, along with Dylan Moses. But I would say no huge surprises from the Alabama perspective with those first-teamers being Leatherwood, Devontae Smith, Dylan Moses. You kind of feel for Najee Harris a little bit because it seems like he stuck behind this uh, Chubba Hubbard and Travis Etienne log jam there on the the first team all-american list at the running back spots and understandably so two really good players two very productive players coming back and you know you're right Jalen I think you could make a case for an all-purpose kick returner type on just about any first team that's going to come out there and then you expect to see Patrick Sertan the second he showed up on the second team for the AP so uh, another list I know you've been accumulating those lists you know, those lists about as long at th- as this point uh, with Alabama players like a, a CBS receipt or something, Charlie, putting putting all these guys on those lists. It is, yeah, and it, everybody has an All-American team. And I, I try to just keep up with the ones that make up the consensus team. So that's the AP, the Football Writers Association, um, the AFCA, Sporting News, and Walter Camp. And so I, I think the Sporting News and Walter Camp are the only ones that have released theirs outside of the AP. And it's, you know, it's the, the usual suspects there. I believe Devontae Smith is uh, the lone first teamer on one of those. I don't have it in front of me. But it's the guys that we named. I think Deontay Brown uh, was listed as one as like a second team guard. Uh, but it, it's going to vary. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see if some of these choose to only uh, vote for players that are able to play this fall i don't know if anybody's really going to go down that route because it gets more difficult you you can't include um you know a, a soul from oregon or some of these guys on your list but um yeah i mean when it comes to preseason all-american teams or you know you mentioned the uh preseason award watch lists it, that's when you know you're going to have to to do your due diligence look at the list because alabama's going to have usually between five and ten players on each of those yeah, it'll be interesting once we get to the, hopefully, we get to the postseason teams because a lot of spots going to open up with uh, with guys a part of teams that have opted out or, as you said, guys who had already decided they were going to play uh, in 2020 regardless. Now, something we're going to have a little fun with today on the podcast, we're going to consider some true or false scenarios for this Alabama football team during the upcoming season. We'll kind of throw some back and forth here, play a little catch, Charlie. That's what we'll do with these true or false scenarios. And I'm going to get it going with one for you. And our starter will involve Jordan Battle. And my true or false for you, Charlie, is Jordan Battle will lead Alabama and interceptions in 2020 true or false I'm gonna go with true and you know I, I know that you know we just talked about him in the AP All-America team Patrick Sertan and people would think well you know he's a guy that's gonna to lead that group but 
he's the the veteran back there. He's the lockdown corner, so he's not going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. I think you know Josh Joe, but the other corner spot is is going to get a lot of targets and and those safeties. Um, you know they they're able to to pick off some passes and recent history favors the safety position. I think it's seven of the last ten seasons the safety is either. Uh, led the team in interceptions or had the the tie for the team lead and last year you know jared maiden did it we saw mika fitzpatrick do it uh, a few years ago eddie jackson's obviously in that list you can go on and on uh, over the last decade so it it always seems to be a safety that's right there in the mix and given what you have in patrick sertan at the corner spot i would think that one of those safeties can do that and i, I feel the most comfortable in, in jordan battle being and every down player back there, I think that Daniel Wright will probably start the season out as the starter. But a guy like DeMarco Helms is going to be you know, competing with those guys and pushing them and, and possibly playing the money role. And we've heard a lot about Brian Branch. So I, I think with Jordan Battle being on the field, um, you know, last year we saw him pick off a pass in his debut game against Duke. And uh, I just feel like he, for me, I'm the most comfortable with him being out there the most. And then you look at the trends for that position group, and it, I just would I would say that one's a true. Charlie, do you like that it looks like anyway he won't be the money option in the dime? In other words, he's going to be a guy like Jared Maiden in that he's not only going to be an every down option, he's going to be more of a middle of the field, deeper half of the field option at the safety position. Does that factor into your thinking there? It does, yeah. You having a, a center fielder, a ball hog back there, you know, plays a role. And you know, I, I, like I said, I think Demarco Helms, just to me, um, he seems like a perfect fit at money. He's a big physical safety, and he can play down in the box. Um, I think that that's a role that he could play well, whether he is the starter in base and in nickel or just sees the field and dime. I think Demarco Helms is going to have a role there. So I think that. You know, Jordan Battle is probably going to man that free safety position at all times. Uh, obviously, things can change. They can move guys around, but he's more of that um, center fielder back there. So, yeah, that, that has a lot to do with it as well. All right, Charlie, hit me with one. I'm ready. I'm like the Braves on Wednesday night <laughs> getting ready to face Garrett Cole. You know, give me uh, throw me a nice juicy fastball or something. Let's hear it. All right. So the first one for you, uh, going to go to the offensive side of the ball and talk about the running backs. And one guy that I know a lot of people are excited to see is Trey Sanders. And obviously everybody knows that the season is not a full-length season. It's 10 games. And just looking at the regular season, do you think, true or false, uh, Trey Sanders will surpass 100 carries this fall? Wow. You know, and it all goes back to the health and where he's at. I thought one of the more promising clips we've seen – generated from ua from practices to this point tell me what you think we saw trey sanders in some of the footwork drills uh i think it was during monday's practice during the release of those clips seeing him go through the rope seeing him sort of navigate that six flags type obstacle course that charles huff has set up for his players i thought that was encouraging um here's the thing you know, with the the running back position, it's it's kind of tough to tell based on recent history because you have to kind of go back to 2014 to find a time where you had a running back centric split in carries. Now, look, 2016, 2017, uh, you did have even 2018. You had a split there with guys like Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. 
and and Najee. Uh, but you also, in a couple of those years, it was more quarterback centric in the run game with Jalen Hurts than anything else. So, you know, Najee averaged 16 carries per game a year ago. Brian Robinson with a little bit more than seven. You got to consider Brian Robinson still in this mix. Although I do think at the end of the season, Trey Sanders will be second on the team in carries. But we're talking about averaging 10 carries per game, basically, in a 10-game regular season. I think he's going to be maybe just a little bit short of that. I think he's going to be really close, but I'm going to go under the 10 uh, under the 100 carries for the regular season, I, I still think you got to feed Najee Harris. Um, and, and I and I still, there's part of me, Charlie, that, that still needs to see Trey Sanders do it, I guess, as well. I, I, I totally expect he'll be capable. Um, but given where he's coming from and missing last year, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to look. And, and I think it's very possible. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go false by just a little bit there, Charlie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. And like you said, we haven't seen it yet. The The clip that you were talking about from Monday's first full pad practice, it was encouraging. Uh, he does. Charles Huff does have them going through a gauntlet. And, and Trey Sanders seems like he's the, the best equipped to move through that. Um, you know, they have to weave in and out of some flags. They have to jump over some some dummies on the ground. They have the ladder. Um, I think he even has a new stick with a helmet at the end of it, and they have to stiff arm it. So uh, he's the been Derrick Henry well. stick. Yeah, that's the Derrick <laughs> Henry stick. That's what exactly. I. We need to go ahead and name it, right? I think the Titans use that one a lot, and I think he's broken <laughs> those in the past. But I, I think that that Trey Sanders' footwork, his looseness, and his ability as a receiver make him a really intriguing option. And, and he's a guy that you know, you just you hear good things about, and hopefully he can stay healthy. But it, it'll be tough just because. There's three mouths to feed at the top of that pecking order, and we know that, that Najee Harris is going to get the lion's share of those carries. Uh, so I, I tend to agree with you there. Getting back to you, Charlie, with one of these, uh, and it's been a, an area of particular interest through five practices at Alabama because based on what we can gather, there's been a little bit of a mix at the center position. Of course, Landon Dickerson, um, you know, the starter at the position for the most of – the 2019 season uh, you go into 2020 we open fall practices preseason practices looks like a veteran and Chris Owens is back there in the middle of that offensive line uh, then we see some stuff and here's some stuff involving Emil Echior at the center position then it looks like earlier in this week maybe Dickerson is still continuing to work some at center so when the dust settles Charlie True or false, Landon Dickerson will be the starter at center against Missouri on September the 26th. That was tough for me because they've done a lot of mixing and matching. It's, some of it is not by choice. I think that Chris Owens is dealing with maybe a little bit of a setback, and I think Deontay Brown was nicked up a little bit on, on Monday, which is what led to we saw Dickerson summit at center or heard about Dickerson being uh, at center. We haven't been out there to see it. And so they've they've had some musical chairs a little bit at the center spot. And then when Dickerson was at center, you had Emil Ekior replace him at right guard. And then, you know, you're looking at the next man up and, and Pierce Quick comes in at, at left guard. So I, I think that Dickerson and Deontay Brown are for sure going to be in the mix there. And we know Deontay is going to man one of the guard spots. But I think when you're just talking about the opener, 
if Chris Owens is healthy and unless something happens, I think that he would be in the center spot. You'd have three redshirt seniors in the interior. That's just my gut feeling right now. That's what the the line was when everybody was healthy and able to go through a full practice. Uh, but if they choose to go a different direction, we've seen Emilio Echior is kind of that sixth man. He could play any of those three interior positions. And then I still think that Darian Dalcourt uh, is a is a dark horse candidate and probably more than a dark horse. And if that's the case, I still think that, that Landon Dickerson stays at, at right guard. So I would go with faults on that one. But, but as you can tell, my confidence level isn't that high just because we've seen several variations of an interior offensive line through the first five days. Yeah, we need to get a confidence level built in on these things, kind of like uh, the recruiting guys have for the crystal balls now at 247sports.com. It's not enough just to have a crystal ball prediction on a recruit. Hank Sal, Tim Watts, those guys, they now have confidence levels involved with those picks. Maybe we need to do something similar to that with some of these true or false scenarios. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here on the Bama Online Podcast. When we come back, more true or false for Alabama football in the 2020 season. We'll do that when the show returns right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we're back with more of the Bama Online podcast, pushing you through the middle of another week. Travis Ryder, senior analyst, joined by beat reporter for us there at BOL, Charlie Potter. We have hit on three true or false scenarios so far on today's podcast. We're going to move through three more over the back half of the show. And with that, Charlie, team me up with one. Let me hear it. This will be one I know people love to, to hear about, and that's the, the kicker. And uh, Will Reichard's a guy that's that's been healthy. He's back on the field. He's tweeted about how he's feeling good. So true or false, will Will Reichard make 80% of his field goal attempts this season? You know, these poor kickers and punters and specialists, <laughs> they just can't get any love. Other than flex on these videos that UA sends out of practice, we don't get any punting or kicking video, do we? Um that's- you know, it's interesting to consider because it's been a while since Alabama's had a kicker with that sort of make percentage. Andy Papanostas in 2017 was sort of on that path. Now, it was still split somewhat between Papanostas and also uh, even J.K. Scott was, was kicking you know, some of the longer stuff there in 2017. But as a standalone guy... I mean, you really have to go back to, like, Lee Tiffin in 2009. Lee Tiffin in 2009 made 30 of 35 field goal attempts. You think Alabama fans would take that right now? It's a lot of field goals, but uh, Lee made good on a lot of them, and a lot of them were really more of the red zone variety. So that was a little bit of the drawback from that big season that Lee had uh, more than a decade ago now. But, you know, assuming Will Reichert is healthy and what we've seen and what we've heard from him anyway – uh, leads us to believe that that's the case. He certainly is capable of doing it. He made four of seven last year uh, before the hip injury. 
I'm going to go under the 80%, though. I, I think if, if he's able to stay healthy and he's able to give you that first full year, uh, I could anticipate him being right there near the number, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go false anyway. Just going into this thing, uh, I'm going to go that that he's under the 80%. And here's the thing about Joseph Bulovis, man. A lot of people get on Joey uh, Joey three points, all right, as I like to call him. But Joe, Joe Bulovis, with his struggles even, and they've come on some, some pretty big stages, and extra points maybe have been more of a struggle than anything else. You know, over the last couple of seasons, he's made in the neighborhood of 75% of his field goals. Um, so it hasn't been just totally catastrophic with the field goal kicking. Uh, but I think Reichert has that ability to, uh, achieve to 80%, but I, I, it's another one of those. I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. So for now I'm going to go under and with that, it's my turn, Charlie, to throw one at you here. You talk about one that a lot of people are going to be interested in. Charlie, true or false Bryce Young will see action in every regular season game in 2020. Ooh, that was the hardest one for me. Um, I, I think they're going to want to get Bryce a lot of opportunities. You know, there's nothing like experience, and he's a guy that everybody knows wasn't able to go through spring practice because of the virus. And uh, I think he's learned and had to learn on the fly and, and done a nice job of learning quickly. Now that they're on the practice field and going through full speed practices. Uh, and they're going to want to continue to, to uh, mature that along when the season comes along. But you, know, you just look at recent years. Look at, look at Tua's true freshman year. Um, you know, he comes in similar situation now. You have a more established quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's, he was definitely more established and finishes a starter than Mac Jones is. But Tua played in nine games. Um, you know, just looking at what other teams have, have done, um, Justin Fields played in 12 of 14 games in his true freshman year at Georgia. So, um, there's, there's a lot fewer games. You don't have the gimme games like a Kent state, like a Georgia state, like a UT Martin, where he's going to get plenty of reps. So I would probably right now, at least given that Mac Jones has been the guy that's seen majority of the first team reps. And I think Paul Tyson is getting some second team reps there as well. I would probably side with faults. I think he's going to play in a bunch of games, you know, with the, the extra year of eligibility, the NCAA awarded, um, you kind of have some freedom with that. But I just think that, that Bryce Young is going to play a lot. I just don't know if it's going to be in every game. Say, you know, look at the Georgia games in the first half of the season. That's a Texas A&M in week it's two. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to – are you going to put him in there just for the sake of getting him in that game if it's a close matchup? I, I, I don't see that happening. If it's – you know, if Alabama goes out and handles business, then yeah. Or even, you know, if Sark has some kind of package for Bryce, that's the case. But – Right now, it's it's early in camp. Things can clearly change, and it, it wouldn't shock me to see him play uh, in ten games. But I would have to go with faults right now. What do you think? You know, kind of the the trick question aspect of this is: what if Bryce Young's the holder? That's true on field goals and extra. <laughs> you didn't points. say that though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he'd see action in every regular season game at quarterbacks, Charlie. Uh, no, but if we are, yeah, if we're just talking about the quarterback position, um, you know, you're right. It's, it's the the pool early, you know, and, uh, you're talking about Texas A&M in week two, Georgia in week four. And even when you get into, uh, when you get into, uh, 
Tennessee in, in, in later October. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I could see it going kind of either way there. But if I were going to make a pick right now, I would I would likely lean the direction you are. But look, with this situation we're currently in with COVID-19, you got to have all three of those scholarship guys ready to go just yeah. about on a weekly basis. And maybe even Braxton Barker there uh, in the four hole. Yeah, I think you you do that. The depth and the experience of this team is is critical. Nick Saban said that Monday, and uh, it helps when you also bring in a guy like Logan Burnett, the the kid from the yeah. transferred in from Mississippi State and, and TCU. Um, so yeah, I mean they you only have three scholarship quarterbacks. I think they feel really good about all three. I know that Mac Jones and, and Bryce Young get all the headlines, but Paul Tyson has really progressed as well, and uh, has had a couple of nice practices this week uh, or the last couple of days. And so it is a situation where all hands have to be on deck and ready to go because you don't know if you're going to have a positive test pop up and then a guy's going to be forced into action, whether it's at practice this week at the scrimmage in this upcoming weekend or getting ready for the Missouri game or, or Texas A&M or Georgia. So, yeah, especially at the quarterback position, um, you know, these reps in practice and getting these guys ready is, is at an all-time high. Let's uh, wrap it up. Hit me with a last one here, Charlie. Okay. Well, you you threw a true freshman at me, so I'll throw one at you. And it's a guy that we've talked plenty about and heard the coaches talk about. And Will Anderson, the outside linebacker. So true or false, will Will Anderson have no fewer than five sacks as a true freshman? Five sacks in ten games. I know to some folks that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. It was a lot for anyone not named Anthony Jennings or Terrell Lewis on this Alabama defense a year ago. Good luck. I think, uh, you know, you look at Alabama's returning sack production just with its linebackers that are coming back. It's like one and a half amongst those guys from a year ago. So I guess what we're saying is, and we've said this plenty of times before, not just for Will Anderson, but for one or more of those other outside linebackers that have uh, join the program opportunity should be there uh, and especially if the uh, the early expectation at least is that it's more of a situational role in some of the pass rush looks so I do think he's going to have a chance to reach that sort of number um, but I'm gonna go false I'm gonna go under the five uh, I think we've put some of these numbers in a good spot in terms of guys being in the neighborhood uh, of these totals that we're throwing out there. I think that'll be the case once again with Will Anderson. You know, you look throughout the history of the Nick Saban era with young outside linebackers, and you don't find any really that have had that type of impact uh, in their first years on campus. Now, look, in a lot of these years, you've been stacked to the point at both inside and outside linebacker and you've also been able to cross train some experienced players in previous years that you you weren't counting on freshmen uh, to, to make that type of impact but again i do think will anderson will have that opportunity made available to him uh but i'm gonna go false on the five or more sacks i'm gonna go under by just a little bit uh for will anderson in 2020 i might go with true on that one just because right. what you just said 
about how Alabama usually has some studs coming back at outside linebacker, or at least guys that have had experience, and they don't really have that this year. I know Christopher Allen and Ben Davis have stepped up as leaders. They've been the guys going through drills and going through practice uh, on the first team defense um, you know, through the first five days, but Nick Saban and Pete Golden have both talked about these young guys, and while they're not going to go out there and name them by name, they said they're going to get their best guys on the field on third down whenever you're going to have to get after the quarterback. And just from it, it's early and everything that's that's been said or that I've heard is that Will Anderson and Drew Sanders are both nipping at the heels of those older guys. They've been right behind them in terms of pecking order. So I agree. It, I, I don't really remember um, if it happens. It's very rare that you even see a rotation when it comes to outside linebackers. It's usually the first yeah. two dudes are out there. Uh, but I think it sounds like they're going to have a different approach this year. And if, if these guys get a real look uh, on third down situations, um, they're going to have plenty of opportunities. And if they can keep guys like Christian Barmore, DJ Dale, LeBron Ray healthy, the depth is much better uh, in the interior of that defensive front. You have a guy like Dylan Moses back there. It's going to create opportunities for these young guys. So I maybe could see six or seven for, for Will Anderson. So that, that's maybe, I guess, my bold prediction of this true or false. I'd there you go. I like it. We like the boldness. Um, I guess what we're saying is if Will Anderson does have five or more in 10 games, he'll essentially uh, meet up with what Terrell Lewis did last year. You know, Terrell wasn't the first outside linebacker on the field. He wasn't really the every down guy. He did play more in some every down roles as the season moved along. Uh, but Terrell Lewis in 11 games last year, six sacks. So that's essentially you know, what we're talking about potentially for Will Anderson as a true freshman. Uh, so, Charlie, as we move on here on the Bama Online podcast, uh, you know, we continue to keep our eyes open, our ears to the ground in a number of different ways involving this Alabama football team. Like every other team that's attempting to play this fall, trying to navigate this coronavirus, this COVID 19 situation. Um, let me ask you one final true or false to ponder here before we get out of the way entirely true or false Alabama since the start of preseason practice has been able to entirely avoid positive tests of any kind. Would you say that's true or would you say that's false? Understanding that Alabama is not making that information public to us, but, um, where, where would you go with that one? I would go with false. And yeah. it has, I don't think it's been any kind of big outbreak, but we saw the numbers that the university put out there. Um, I believe it was either right during or right after Nick Saban's press conference on Monday where they've had, and uh, just since students have returned, you know, 500-plus positive cases. And, of course, that's just positive cases. That doesn't mean, you know, hospitalizations or anything like that. But um, th- I think with – it comes to the building off of Bryant Drive. They're very uh, cautious and take all the precautions whenever they have anybody to test positive to to make sure these guys are away from from the other players. So there hasn't been just an outbreak to my uh, to my knowledge, but I think some guys have, have had to miss a, a day or two here or there, and, and that might be the case moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, we're moving forward towards a scrimmage, I guess, coming up this weekend. Yeah, and it, it won't be. Uh, much different than most years. We won't get to watch any of it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least I don't have to sit up at Bryant Denny all day and and wait on it. That 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 gets a little frustrating. You go in for 
a little bit of individual drills they do before the scrimmage, and then you have to, to wait in the media room. So it'll be nice to, to wait at home for a change. But no, it's, it's again, it's, it's something that you're used to in the fall. Um, you know, they have these scrimmages. They usually have, you know, big turnout from friends and family. You have the Red Elephant Club, the A Club. Uh, it, it just feels when these scrimmages start to happen and then you see the aftermath with the photos and the videos, it just feels like football season is near. And uh, it'll be good to, to see that this weekend. Yeah, more time at home, no doubt about it, through all this. Is there one thing, is there a hobby or something that maybe you've latched on to, Charlie, with all this at-home time that that you weren't as involved with pre-COVID-19? Maybe an interest uh, maybe it's culinary skills, things like that. What about it, Charlie? Any, any one thing that you can point to that you've really picked it up in with, uh, with all this time at home? I wish I could say I did. <laughs> you know, I, I saw Greg Sankey's tweet, commissioner of the SEC, that he said that he ran at least three miles every day. And I saw wow. this like last month. I was like, damn, I wish I could have done that. So that goes to show that the only thing that I've really done uh, during this quarantine is grow really poorly looking facial hair and gain unnecessary weight. So that, that that's my quarantine for you. There you go. I, I've kind of been in that same boat. I, I've, I've, I've taken on some additional viewing interests, you know, when it comes to streaming platforms and cable television and Netflix and things like that. But I, I can't tell you that in terms of constructive activity, that I've really ramped it up all that much. Pretty sad commentary there. Charlie. Yeah. Have you? Uh, I, I know. I know that you you watch a lot of shows. Uh, have you watched the McMillions documentary on HBO? I have not watched McMillions. I've been down that Yellowstone rabbit hole here of late with the wife. But I McMillions is it documentary? Is that what that is? It's about the McDonald's monopoly game fraud. Um, I have, you know what? I have seen that. That is, and I know that it resonates because I believe the investigation started with maybe the, the federal office, the FBI bureau in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida or something like that. If I'm remembering correctly, I, I, maybe I'm not. No, it is. It, it, takes majority of the majority of it takes place in in jacksonville obviously they get smarter yeah. and they start to branch out but i i thought of you whenever we were watching it because one you've you've been watching a lot of interesting shows but two the, the jacksonville tie-in there you go yeah yeah that's a nice little dig against my hometown there talking about how <laughs> they they branched out once they got smarter you know we can't help it that we're essentially southeast georgia down there in jacksonville all right charlie it, it's it wasn't our call on all that and that, uh, that is, by the way, the hometown of Derrick Henry and Tim go. Tebow. So uh, there you go. Well, Charlie, this was a fun one. Enjoyed it. And as always, appreciate your time. Appreciate your great work with us there at BamaOnline.com. We also appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and a review as well. By the way, if you leave a question for us, or a suggestion or a comment in relation to the podcast or Alabama football, Alabama athletics in general, uh, we'll get to it here on the podcast. You can do that in your review for the Bama Online Podcast. Leave us a question, and we'll address it here on the show. For Charlie Potter, Travis Ryder, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. We'll do it again real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.